Welcome to Museum Archipelago. I'm Ian Elsner. Museum Archipelago guides you through the rocky landscape of museums. Each episode is never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. On Museum Archipelago, we focus on power in museums, on how cultural institutions have a tremendous amount of unchecked power. But power takes many forms. And one of these forms is control over the technology that delivers museum content to visitors. From a button that plays a bird call when you touch it, to a projection screen that plays a story about the Battle of Gettysburg when you get close to it, Every museum interactive requires a technological solution. Oftentimes, museums will purchase proprietary solutions. Oftentimes, they're very expensive, especially to maintain them. And if they break, you are sort of forced to rehire the same company or rebuy new equipment. And that could be fairly costly really quickly. This is Ryan Trujillo, lead developer of the Cultural Technology Development Lab at New Mexico Highlands University. My name is Ryan Trujillo. I'm the lead developer of the Cultural Technology Development Lab at uh, New Mexico Highlands University, and I, um, I'm also a instructor of a software system design. The Cultural Technology Development Lab is an R&D program where university faculty and students, museum professionals, and other partners work together on technology and design solutions for cultural institutions. Through working with these institutions across New Mexico and the U.S., Trujillo realized that one way museums can avoid expensive proprietary solutions to their technology needs is by choosing open-source alternatives. So by using open-source hardware, we can basically solve that uh, issue of cost by using fairly inexpensive off-the-shelf components from various electronic suppliers. And that's how Museduino came to be. Museduino is an open-source hardware controller designed specifically to be used in museums. Using this hardware controller, which is about the size of an Altoids tin, and a little bit of technical knowledge, museums can create and control their own interactives instead of always hiring an outside company. We built Museduino uh, to solve our own needs when building exhibits. It's all open source, and so if we want to put it out there, we can show anyone else how to build that, and they can implement it in their museum. This is Jonathan Lee. My name is Jonathan Lee. I'm a professor of software systems design at New Mexico Highlands University. Either they can implement it by buying the same parts or um, just downloading our code if it's off-the-shelf components and then inserting their content into it as well. Both Lee and Trujillo see a huge potential to applying the open-source model to museum hardware. The phrase open-source comes from the software world. Open-source software is a development model where the source code of a piece of software is freely available to anyone who wants it. We all use open-source software every day, whether we realize it or not. Most ATMs, web servers, and cash registers rely on open-source software simply because it's the cheapest and most secure. The source code is freely available, so bugs are identified and fixed quickly. Open-source hardware projects, like Museduino, borrow from the software world by making the instructions of how to build and program them freely available. Yes, you still need to pay for someone to manufacture the physical components, but they are commodities. There's multiple vendors that can make you the exact same thing. We have used an open source program to create the the printed circuit board design. 
And so if you wanted to, anyone could download that circuit board design and they could actually have however many they needed printed. All of this together makes for a radical approach to exhibit hardware. One where the technological solutions that the museum comes up with aren't confined to just one museum. One of the originators of the project said they like the Linux model of put it out there, let other people make it better, make it, fix it, build something for the platform that we make, and then set it free. In fact, that's exactly what happened with Museduino. It was built upon another piece of open source hardware, a single board controller called Arduino. So what Museduino is, is essentially a Arduino shield that extends the footprint of the Arduino via four RJ45, or standard Cat5 cable cabling, in four different directions. We've tested it with up to 200 feet away. So if you're building a very large-scale museum exhibit, and you need a sensor in one location and an output uh, maybe 10 feet away, you can control all of that with the one Arduino um, using our system. Exhibit components tend to live far away from one another, even in small museums, because the gallery is designed for the visitor moving through the space. The specific problem is that, unlike wireless devices that make up the Internet of Things, or IoT, light bulbs or buttons, museum hardware needs to work 100% of the time. And right now, the best way to do that is with wires like the standard Cat5 cable. We're also from New Mexico, where we work with a lot of cultural institutions where the walls are adobe, and there's always um, not great internet connection in the space, or also remote sites where there might not be internet connection. So we try to stay away from IoT boards, and we um, use our system to have solid hardwired connections because those other systems could be a point of failure for the, the exhibit. From the outside, or even from the inside if you're focusing on the museum from a purely visitor experience perspective. Exactly what tools museums use to create interactives might not seem like that big a deal. But it is a big deal for the museum itself to own its means of production. And we primarily work with a lot of institutions who don't have a lot of funding to be able to purchase these proprietary systems. So open source hardware allows us to build relatively inexpensive exhibits. We've heard instances where maybe they purchase a piece of software from a company and then like a month later they didn't exist anymore. <sighs> So that can happen to people, um, especially if you're putting like thousands of dollars into it. Hardware lock-in mirrors software lock-in. For example, many museums use a video player product called a BrightSign. These are closed source little purple boxes that allow museum staff to play and schedule videos. They are designed to solve a problem, to help museums not have to worry about playing videos for their visitors. But they also remove the ability of museum staff to fix the system if something goes wrong. Museduino is already installed at many museums and cultural institutions around the U.S., like Acadia National Park's Nature Center, the Carlsbad Museum, and the Bradbury Science Museum at Los Alamos National Labs. From the beginning, Trujillo and other members of the Museduino team have been sharing their knowledge with the wider museum world, we go to conferences and share the Museduino and just also uh, general Arduino tutorials. We do workshops at these museum-related conferences to get people interested in open source hardware in hopes that they can start like thinking of uh, ways to incorporate it into their museum exhibits. Museduino represents a radical approach to exhibit technology design. 
By allowing museums big and small more control over the installation and maintenance of the technology in their galleries, the Museduino team shows how the principles of the open source movement fit within the wider museum landscape. Since we've presented at these different conferences, people got to take home Museduino, so we know that it's in institutions um, in several places. The Santa Cruz Museum of, I think it's Art and History in California, they just recently did a project with it where they actually made a pneumatic tube system with the Museduino um, for donations. So they said their donations uh, went up like 10 times the amount that they normally had before. Uh, and now when you uh, donate a dollar, um, you see this whole theatric thing happen where you get to watch your money go up in some tubes and some lights flicker. And, and so That's it can it. be used in lots of different ways. You can find more information about Museduino, as well as purchase links and tutorials at museduino.org. And also, keep your eyes open for a Museduino workshop near you. This has been Museum Archipelago. The best reason to join Club Archipelago is to support the research and work we do here on Museum Archipelago. But Club Archipelago members also get access to a bonus podcast feed, including a museum movie podcast called Archipelago at the Movies. This week, we dissect Season 7, Episode 16 of The Simpsons, an episode called Lisa the Iconoclast. Even though the episode came out in 1996, it feels surprisingly relevant to today's museum landscape, as Lisa discovers that the local historical society is propping up her town's founding myth for the benefit of those in power. Get instant access to this and other great perks by joining Club Archipelago on Patreon. You'll find a full transcript of this episode, as well as show notes and links, at museumarchipelago.com. If this is your first show, subscribe for free in your favorite podcast player. And if this isn't, leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And next time, bring a friend.